Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. And here we're back. Kicking off hour number two of In the Huddle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q holding it down for Vinny who is vacationing right now. And boy, what a time to be on vacation, huh? Breaking news in the last hour. Email sent out from the Raiders. Everyone has really latched on to it. I know I tweeted it out, but a lot of folks, you know, the Adam Schefters, the Ian Rappaports, all them cats, they've all been on it as well, putting all the news out about Raiders president, or now former president, Mark Bedane, resigning. So we got to talk about this and get into this uh, conversation. And so right now on the phone lines, we're pleased to have Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find him on Twitter at Gordon. And Sam, we appreciate your time and I wanted to start off talking Olympics with you. I wanted to talk some WNBA. I wanted to talk about women and men's basketball in Tokyo. But I think we got to talk about Mark Bedane and this uh, situation with the Raiders. So uh, as you've got this information, you've seen it just like we have, and it's kind of fresh right now. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on, on Mark Bedane resigning today? Yeah, yeah. Q, first and foremost, welcome to Vegas. Great talking to you. Um, appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. Thank uh, I you. I think I was shocked, right? I was shocked. This is not... I mean, he's been synonymous with the franchise, you know, for decades now, right? We know how instrumental he was in helping the team come from Oakland to Las Vegas and, and getting that whole deal done and just kind of the sounding board he's been and, and the, the, the influence he's had on Mark Davis, you know, being there throughout all these years. So, you know, very, very, very surprised. Um, not, you know, wonder why, right? Like, how come? You know, is it a case of maybe he just wants to move on? I'm not, I'm not really sure. It's just it's so random, so abrupt. And I'm just trying, kind of trying to take it all in, but but I think you know the the uh, I think it's very significant for the franchise, just given how significant he was to the organization, you know, throughout the last you know twenty or thirty years. Yeah, exactly. And I was saying as soon as I read that uh, statement that was uh, released by the Raiders, I said, well, I'm not going to speculate on the reason he did it because that's reckless. But man, it just it just seems strange, especially as close to training camp as it is. I mean, they're rec- reporting in less than 10 days. On the 27th is when they get started. So it uh, just seems like the timing, especially with Kirby Wilson, the running back coach, he retired. I say that in air quotes. He retired last week. It just it just seems a little strange of, of the timing. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. Like you said, the season's right around the corner. There's all this momentum building because uh, you know, there, there was no – I mean, this is the first year really that the – yeah, the NFL was here last year, but the community wasn't couldn't be a part of it. And now that the community community is going to be a part of it, you get to finally see the fruits of your labor. Allegiant Stadium. What is that looking like on Monday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens? What does that look like on Sundays? Sixty five thousand strong. How is that going to transform the landscape of the community? Having having an NFL team here that the community can be a part of. You're right on the cusp of seeing all those things. You get training camp where there's going to be fans at training camp. It's you're you're right there. And then for this to happen, like you said, very surprising. Very surprising timing. Um, like you said, we don't want to speculate, you know, too much about the reasons, about the why. You know, wish wish him the best uh, moving forward. But just very, very surprising. Not not news that I thought uh, we'd get at, you know, 4.45 on a, on a Monday afternoon um, by any means. But he was, uh, I mean, he, he played a huge role in, in just getting the franchise to where it is. It's you know, obviously a, a huge loss, and we'll see how his, his successor does 
uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And he did do a great, great job with the organization. And like you said, helping getting them here to Vegas, getting that stadium, that beautiful stadium built. I just I just literally talked to him last week at Allegiant Stadium for the small business showcase. And he was talking about yeah. the, the Garth Brooks concert and all the events that's coming to Allegiant Stadium. And that's another thing. And Sam, as you're in the community as well, how awesome is it just all the different events outside of UNLV football, outside of Raider football that's going to take place and already has taken place at Allegiant Stadium? Oh, it's huge. It's, it's huge. It's such an asset for the community. I mean, you take a look at the Garth Brooks concert, right? I, I saw pictures. I wasn't there, but I mean, the place is packed to the rafters. And before Allegiant Stadium, Vegas didn't have a venue that could do a concert like that or that could have an artist of that magnitude come through and, and bring through all their fans and everything like that. So when, when you think about just how the, the wide variety of uses that this is going to have, I mean, I can imagine Final Fours, right? Yeah. Uh, Certain, certain mega fights, boxing, UFC, when, when those present themselves down the line, it's going to be used for that. Uh, there was a, an EDM concert a couple weeks ago that I believe was the, you know, the first concert there where they you know, you had all the lights and stuff going on. And it just, there, there's going to be so many different ways to use the stadium. It's going to be such an asset um, to the community. And I think it's, it's only, I mean, the summer basically just started a few weeks ago. We've already seen uh, how Allegiant Stadium is being used. And I think just in time, uh, once, once the rest of the world sees what a what a cool place Vegas is to have big events, I mean, it's not like everybody needs everybody already knows that. But now that there's a stadium here mm-hmm. that can have these events, I think in time we're just going to have more and more things come through the town here, and I think we're just kind of seeing the tip of the iceberg as to what Allegiant Stadium is going to be and what it's not going to mean just for Vegas, but for the West Coast in general. Yeah, I mean, a, a city that you didn't need an excuse to come to before, now you really don't need an excuse because the stadium's here and all the great events, like you mentioned, that can take place. We're talking right now with Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You can find him on Twitter, at BySamGordon. And, and uh, you know, I do want to talk about the, the Olympics. I want to talk about the, the WNBA, the LV Aces. How many representatives are there for the uh, the three-on-three uh, as far as the women basketball uh, in, in Tokyo? And before I get into all of that, I did want to ask you just about the Olympics in general. We're seeing a lot of uh, players and athletes not be able to participate because of health and safety protocol. And again, I say that in air quotes because we all know what that means. But uh, these guys, Sam, are just kind of, and, and young ladies are, are just kind of dropping like flies, to, I guess, to, to put it bluntly. Um, how do you see these Olympic Games going and, and playing out? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Q, I think there's going to see a lot more of that, right? I mean, this is, they, they haven't even started. They haven't started. And we're, we're having one, one protocol situation after another. I mean, you talk about the basketball on the men's side, Zach Levine, right? Not going to be able to travel with the team to Tokyo right away. He's going to hope to get there uh, sometime later in the week or next week. Uh, USA basketball announced that today. So th- again, the games haven't started. Just wait till you have thousands of athletes there in close quarters. What is that going to look like? I imagine we're going to see more of this uh, moving forward. It, it, it still feels like it's, you know, it's really risky to put on an event of this magnitude where you have so many people from so- around the world congregating in one central location. I, I do think it's a wise move, uh, given the situation over there in Tokyo, to not have fans. Uh, of course, very unfortunate for all involved because part of the, the joy of the Olympics, I would imagine, is getting the ovation uh, from the thousands and thousands on hand in attendance. So th- that's obviously a sacrifice that, that needs to be made in order to have this, these Olympics go through. But, yeah, it's, it's worrisome. It's, it's very, very worrisome. Given that they haven't started yet, you're seeing more and more situations pop up. I do think it's risky, but at the same time, I understand why they're pushing forward because these are uh, uh, this is an event that athletes train their entire lives for, and they've already pushed it back a year. And you want to reward the hard work of, of people from all over the world that it, that it required to get to this point. But it is it is a little peculiar timing to, to, to have an event of this magnitude and. 
just just hoping for the safety, uh, the health and safety of as many athletes moving forward that are going to be involved. It, it seems a little treacherous. I think for the most part, everybody's going to be fine, but I do think there are going to we're, we're going to see more and more cases. Uh, pop up throughout the next you know three weeks absolutely and you know the unfortunate part like you mentioned i mean the you know the athletes have been training their whole lives for these events and now it's you know in a bubble type situation but what's really going to be missed as far as viewership goes is the pageantry you know when uh the mm-hmm. olympics open opening night starts i mean that's something that most folks they just they live for that they cannot wait till that pageantry starts and that's going to be uh you know missed and so that's just going to be unfortunate and it's going to be just we we saw stadiums last season with no fans and that was weird. Uh, the Olympics with no pageantry? Now that's really going to be weird. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's part of the whole thing. It's, it's, a, it's not just sports. It's a showcase of culture of different countries, of different parts of the world. Like, that is a huge, huge part. It's where the world kind of puts aside their differences, and we know there are a lot of differences. They put aside their differences and just kind of come together for three weeks, and we're all kind of fixated on the same thing for three weeks, and we can bond collectively, even from afar, through the successes of, of our favorite athletes from our country and from the successes of the athletes around the world that we get to see, that we might be getting introduced to for the first time. So, yeah, there, there definitely is a lot of pageantry that comes with it. I would say that's just as important as the sports, as the games themselves, right? We, you know, the, it's fun to keep track of the medals and to watch the basketball and the track and field and the swimming and the gymnastics, et cetera, et cetera. But seeing learning about these athletes and seeing their stories and and where they come from and how they represent their country on the biggest stage with the pageantry is a huge, huge part of this that I think we're going to miss out on. I think this is, you know, not an asterisk. You never want to put that, that that all the athletes are still competing at the highest of levels, but it's, it's not the same. It's just, it's just not the same. And I think we're going to remember this, like you said, it's a bubble Olympics, a very, very peculiar setup that if anything, maybe, you know, maybe it's more about the competition this year than ever before. Maybe, maybe there'll be some good that comes out of that, but I don't think it's going to be quite the same show that we're used to uh, for the last, you know, 2016, 2012. Etc. Etc. Right, no doubt, and we, and we talked about you know the the health and safety protocols and, and and players and athletes having to to back out and not be able to participate because of that. And uh, one person uh, kind of benefited from that, and obviously not the way that they want to benefit it. But uh, Las Vegas Aces Jackie Young, you know, she's been added to the USA mm-hmm. basketball's team, uh, the three on three for the women, and uh, she's joining her uh, teammate Kelsey Plum. Uh, how cool is that for uh, multiple members of the Aces to be representing there in Tokyo? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think it just kind of speaks to the progress this franchise has made in the last in the last four years since they came to Las Vegas and just how talented the team is. And you take a look at Jackie Young, she's having an awesome year. Uh, Asia Wilson was publicly campaigning for her at the beginning of the year to win most improved players. She had trained with the three-on-three team previously at training camps last year and was right on the cusp of making the team. And, and, and with the way she's played this season with the Aces, uh, averaging around 12 points a game, shooting close to 50% from the field, a tough, tough, gritty perimeter defender that has the size and the versatility to switch on to different players and cover people in multiple positions. She's a welcome addition to that team. And then you take a look on the on the five on five side, you have you have Asia Wilson, you have Chelsea Gray representing Team USA, you have G Sue Park, the backup center that's a star for her South Korea squad, who plays like Asia Wilson when she's with South Korea, that's how they feature her. So this is a star studded it's a star studded group and, and that's why at this point in the season, you know, they're on the Olympic break, but they're they're fifteen and six. They have the, the second best record in the league and that's for a reason. It's because they have top tier talent these kind of players that can play and represent their country on, on the highest stage. So I, I think it's huge. Uh, the Aces fans definitely seem to be excited about it, about having the opportunity to watch their favorite players, you know, represent Las Vegas, represent the franchise on the biggest stage in sports. So it, it's huge. And it's, it's, it's a well-deserved honor for, for Jackie Young, even though she's a late addition. She's been awesome this year. And I think her game, 
her style of play suits the three-on-three set up really well. Absolutely. We're talking right now with Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Raider Nation Radio 920 in the huddle, your boy Q. And and, and Sam, uh, one person and one conversation that we've been having a lot lately, and a uh, matter of fact, got an interview about it coming up later on the show, mental health. Mental health is a real yeah. deal thing. It's something that has been swept under the rug for far too long, and now athletes are talking about it, radio hosts are talking about it, people are writing about it. It's, it's great to be out in the forefront of it now. And uh, Liz Cambridge, uh, she's not going to be able to, to compete uh, in, in, from the Aces because of her mental health. She's concerned about it with the whole bubble effect. Uh, unfortunately, she won't be there. A heck of a player as well. But uh, how smart of it of her do you think it was to to not go ahead and try to push forward, knowing that you know that mental health is is so serious? Oh man, did we lose him? Did we lose him? Oh, Demond, we lost him. That was a good question. <laughs> I I hate when the good question gets messed up. Why are you shaking your head? So good. It was so good, yes. Liz Cambage, question about mental health. She's actually withdrawing all that good stuff. And, man, no Sam. So are we getting him back or is he gone? I'll, I'll work on it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll work on him. So why are you talking to me? Because <laughs> you, you said, why am I shaking my head? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, there goes Damon. He ain't worried about me. He's worried. Okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah, try to get Sam back on. I got a couple more questions for him. So uh, you heard a lot right there from Sam Gordon talking about uh, all things, well, from the Raiders to the resignation of of uh, team president Mark Bedane to what's going on with the Olympics and what's going on, uh, you know, through through everything, COVID and all. It's just it's just pretty crazy. Here's a here's a little tweet from Mick Akers about Mark Bedane. He said, Mark Bedane told me with the Allegiant Stadium built and open, he thought it was time to step away from the Raiders and focus on his family and look forward to new ventures. That's from Mick Akers, also from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, and I'm, I'm being told, I reached out to Ed Graney, and he said that uh, he is waiting for a statement. He said uh, Bedane is going to give a statement uh, in just a few. So... Uh, that's also uh, that's also coming down the pipeline, but that was just from Mick Akers talking about Mark Bedane, and now we got Sam Gordon back on the line. And uh, I don't know how much you you heard, but I was asking about Liz Cambridge and and, and her her mental health situation that she can't go compete in, in the Olympics, and she made that decision not to push forward to decide that hey, let me shut it on down and make sure that my my mentals are all good. How smart of her do you think that was? Uh, Q, I think it's huge, man. I think it's huge. She has been very, very, very vocal right throughout the course of her career about how much winning a gold medal for her for Australia would mean. And just the, after the WNBA All-Star game on Wednesday, talked about it again, how she wants to honor Lauren Jackson, the former Seattle Storm great, who is among the, the greatest in WNBA history and obviously one of the greatest players to ever come out of Australia. So this was really, really important to her. She sat out two Aces games to, to, to be with the Australian national team as part of their protocols and to prepare for this. It was a really, really, really big deal. So the fact that she comes out with a statement and, and, and shares that she's been dealing with some mental health uh, concerns and pulls out of the Olympics, goes to show you how serious the magnitude of, of her situation is. And you got to put yourself first. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, country and all that. And, and believe me, she, she drove home that point about how much Australia means to her. But if she's in a situation where she doesn't think she's going to be able to not, not forget performing at her best, be happy and be able to enjoy the experience because her mental health is compromised because of the bubble setup and the restrictions and the situations that they're going to have to deal with over there, then I think it's, it's huge for her to prioritize her mental health and um, really a blueprint for athletes, right? Like yeah. there's all these, there's, we in a lot of ways expect athletes to be superhuman and Liz Cambage has been a great example of vulnerability and being a human being and, and, and letting us, the public know that, Hey, 
Athletes are multifaceted. Yes, they're amazing at what they do. She is one of the best basketball players in the world, but she's also a person that goes through real-world things. And in mm-hmm. 2019, she penned an open uh, essay via the Players' Tribune sharing that she's dealt with some of these struggles you know, her entire life. And it's very unfortunate that the timing of everything, but first, her health is first and foremost a priority, and I'm glad for her that she's prioritizing that and thoughts and prayers and well wishes with her uh, as she looks to rectify everything uh, as the Olympics get going. It was a huge, it was a big decision for her. There's no doubt about that. She called it one of the hardest decisions she's ever had to make in her life, and I, I have no doubt that that's true, yeah. um, just given the, the situation. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, and I, I love the fact that, athletes feel comfortable in coming out and, and making that statement and, and don't feel like they're going to be judged. And like you said, we all think that these athletes are super superhumans and they don't go through anything. They don't have any issues, Sam, because they're athletes and, you know, they're big, fast, and strong, and they can do anything. So their mentals are always straight. I think it's so good that if they're able to do that, if they're able to come out and say, hey, look, this is what's bothering me, this is what's going on, then it's like someone like me, someone like Demond, someone like you that aren't super athletes can come out and say, Hey, you know what? I got to shut it down for a little bit too. I've got some, you know, it makes it more comfortable for everyone. I think they set a great example. I'm with you completely. I'm with you completely. And we look up to athletes for, for obvious reasons, right? What they do is incredible. And the fact that there is more vulnerability on the public stage, I think is great because we know athletes are examples and role models for a lot of people. So if, if, if Liz Cambage is coming out and speaking about what she's going through inspires one person to get help or to be honest about their situation, then that's huge. And, yeah. and I think the effect. Of, of more and more athletes speaking out. It's, it's not just one person they're helping. I think that's exponential. I think a lot of people are seeing that example that athletes are setting by, by being vulnerable, by being human beings, and uh, have the confidence to move forward and proceed accordingly. It's okay to sometimes not to be okay and to ask for help when we need it. And I'm glad we're getting to the point where that's more and more normalized because it took a long time. It was a long time coming. And yeah. A lot of brave athletes who had to go out there and put themselves out there in order for things to change. And, and like you said, it's becoming more and more normal now. We still have a long ways to go, but there's a lot of progress being made because of people like Lewis K. Base. Absolutely, absolutely. And before I let you go, Sam, and this is great, I, I definitely appreciate your time this afternoon. What are your thoughts on the men's team? You know, obviously they drop a couple here in Las Vegas and everyone thinks the sky has fallen, and maybe it is. You know, the competition across the, the country in basketball is, is really, really good and it's been improving year after year after year you see so many nba players that that come from all kind of different places all kind of different walks of the, uh, of the earth if you look in the nba finals you see it i mean it, it's it's a it's a worldwide sport so it's it's not surprising to me that these teams are out there competing and the usa has a big bullseye on their back but what are your thoughts what do you think they're going to do uh, w- when they get to tokyo and they start competing how do you think this shakes out for them yeah great question man i think um i think Look, you got Kevin Durant, you got Damian Lillard, you got Jason Tatum. Like, they should still be the favorite for the gold medal. And I think at the end of the day, I do still expect them to get the gold medal. But if they don't, I, you know, I'm going to couch it a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Right. I guess when you take a look at the roster, I think it's. I think there are some concerns. If we know the top players. You know, there's no LeBron, there's no Steph, Kawhi, Anthony Davis dealing with their injuries. We understand that. We get that. that this wasn't going to be the most talented team. But beyond that, there are, I think, some roster flaws. One, who's the true table setter on this roster? You, you have guys that are capable passers that can create for others and that are willing to do so, but who's priority on this roster? Who, who, what player plays like with that, with that, where that's the priority? There is no... Forget a Chris Paul or a LeBron type of, of facilitator. What about like a Kyle Lowry, somebody like that, somebody who just wants to run the show? They don't have a guy like that on the team. 
Damian Lillard is a tremendous player, but he shoot first, and, and he can run a show, but he but he likes to get a shot off, mm-hmm. and, and as he should. He's a tremendous offensive player, but I think we've seen at times during these exhibition games that offense stagnates because there's, they resort to old habits. Isolation, let's spread the floor, run pick and roll, somebody come off the screen and get their shot off. That's, that's my number one concern. Number two, of course, size. Uh, now, the addition of JaVale McGee should help, you know, in theory. Uh, I, he wouldn't have been my first choice in terms of a replacement player for Kevin Love, but he is 7-1. He does run the floor well, uh, and there are things I think he can do at the Olympic level where, where, where he'll be valuable if he plays. But I don't want him being my primary center, and as good as Bam Adebayo is, he's only 6-9, and that doesn't mean he can't play, play big and, and do his thing in the paint, but you see these other teams – multiple seven-footers, and you can't be – I mean, if anybody who's watching the NBA Finals right now, you can't say size doesn't matter. Like, the small ball thing is cool, and it works if you have the right personnel, but you need some size, too. You've got to be able to clean the glass, and, and, and size helps with rim protection. Obviously, there's not a, a real imposing big on this roster. So th- those, are, those are my two concerns. But overall, you've got the easy money sniper. You've got Jason Tatum. You got Damian Lillard, you have Draymond Green, you have Bam Adebayo. These are NBA All-Stars, guys that have competed at a really high level, played in NBA Finals. I still expect for them to get it done. I just don't think it's going to be as pretty as it has been in years past because, like you said, the other countries are good, are really, really good. And based on the, the USA's performance at the FIBA World Cup in 2019, seventh place finish, that aura of invincibility is gone, at least for right now. It's mm-hmm. gone. So I don't expect these other teams to be intimidated when they step on the floor with the red, white, and blue, that's not going to happen. This is a beatable team, but I don't expect them to lose. Uh, I do think they might lose a game in, in pool play, but I do think they're going to win the tournament and win the gold medal. There it is right there. Great stuff from Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a tremendous job over there uh, with all of the, the, the folks over there. Do really, really good work. Uh, Sam, what you got coming out? You got some stuff coming out, maybe podcasts or some uh, pieces that you're putting out that uh, folks should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I actually have a piece, um, a story coming out about uh, Asia Wilson, the Asia star Asia Wilson, nice. who has been reunited with her college coach on Team USA with the women, Dawn Staley. So they, they have a, a very, very special relationship that they've developed over the course of you know 10-plus years that extends well beyond the basketball court, and they are reunited again with Team USA. So I'll have a story coming out, I believe, today or tomorrow, uh, examining – their relationship and how it's grown over the years and how special it is that they're reunited on the biggest stage of sports. I'll tell you what, Sam, Don Staley is one of my favorite WNBA players or women basketball players in general. When she was a player back in the day, and obviously as a coach as well, she is fantastic. So that, that's got to be a great article. Yeah, she was, she was um, uh, incredible to talk to, um, as was Asia Wilson. They, they both are every single time. and uh, That's a squad that I, I do expect to roll to the gold medal um, unlike on the men's side, on the women's side, they're actually turning down uh, stars and, and, and MVP caliber players. That's how loaded that team is. <laughs> you have, you definitely have 12 of the best players in the world. And, and the way they played yesterday, they're firing on all, all cylinders. Asia Wilson was awesome, and Dawn Staley's doing her thing at the helm. So you can check that out this week in the Review Journal. There it is right there. Sam, thank you so much for your time. Great stuff, my man, and uh, definitely look forward to talking to you down the line. Anytime, Q. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy. No doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Sam? Gordon right there, Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter at by Sam Gordon. And uh yeah, Don Staley. I, I no joke. She is one of my favorite women basketball players and just anyone associated with women's basketball in general. Back in the day, man, <laughs> her squad was the squad. That's all I gotta say. Her squad was the squad. 
back in the day. Big, big fan of hers. So good stuff right there from Sam Gordon. We definitely appreciate that. His thoughts on Mark Bedane resigning. Uh, Mick Akers, he put out a little uh, piece on what uh, Bedane had to say to him. Mark Bedane has put out a full statement. Uh, you'll hear it next. It's 525, and this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. I was just trying to peep that out. Just trying to see when the baseline was going to kick in. Well, Uzi. Hey, man. I'm more of a old school hip hop dude. Remember, I'm the guy at the club. I'm not there at the latest. I'm, I'm just doing the most work while I'm there. Quality over quantity. Do what I want. <laughs> 530 is the time. You're back in the huddle. Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy Q sitting in for Vinny Bonsignor, who's on vacation. And boy, what has he missed since he's been on vacation? President Mark Bodane resigns this afternoon from the Raiders about 4.45. We were talking to Marcus Allen. Like, you're in the middle of a, This is how it happened, Raider Nation. I just want you to take a little bit of a trip behind the scenes. Because that's who I am. I'm a guy who opens up the, the, you know, pulls back the curtains, opens up the door. I let you into my world and the world that we have here in the studio. We're talking to Marcus Allen. We're talking to a Hall of Famer. Conversation's great. I don't want to hold him too long because it's Marcus Allen. And you, you, you show some respect. You know, you don't. You don't hold him 30 minutes. Could have. And I think he would have rolled with it. He was very, very um, generous with his time. Let's put it like that. I believe that. And you can you could tell me if I'm wrong, Damon. Was that interview about 15, almost maybe 17 minutes? Like a little over 15, but it was a quality 15. Well, that's what I'm saying. But Like the cousin story and everything. Right. Like, what? Man. Normally, I would say when you book an interview, it's usually 10 to 12, and you're stretching it at 12. I like to push it at 15 by saying, I got one more question for you, just a couple more questions. That usually buys me a couple more. So we're in the middle of talking to Marcus Allen. Great conversation. Check it out on lvsportsnetwork.com. Later on, if you uh, missed it, definitely want you to go back and check it out. And all of a sudden, my phone starts just blowing up. Choom, 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 choom. I'm thinking it's, you know, whatever. Just Twitter responded to Marcus Allen on the phone. Or, yeah, finally, I look at my phone, and I see Mark Bedane has resigned, and my eyes get huge. And they get so big to the point where DeMond's, what's going on? What's going on? So I try to, I hand him my phone, and there's like two or three notifications on it. And he's looking at me, you know, what am I looking at, Q? What am I looking at? So I'm trying to point to him, but Marcus Allen's on the phone. So at the same time, I got to focus on what Marcus is saying. And it was so funny because I was like, oh, this guy's just gloating about how good he is because there was a DM from just someone like, yeah, good job, Q. It's like, why is he telling me that someone's telling him good job during the show? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was talking about the notification about Mark Bedane resigning, but I was trying. It's like, that doesn't happen. You don't have Marcus Allen and Mark Bedane resigning. You don't have that happen at the same time. You don't do that. It doesn't work that way. But it happened. As God is my witness, it happened. And it was not easy. But we got through it, and Marcus was great. Awesome interview. Can't wait to see him on uh, on, on Saturday at, the, at Las Vegas Ballpark. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely go out there. And I got tickets coming up this hour for that event, matter of fact. But back to Mark Bedane. He put out a statement. The successful construction and operation of Allegiant Stadium has been unequivocally the most challenging part of my 30 years with the organization. 
Seeing it through to the end has been rewarding beyond measure. Together, the Raiders and Las Vegas accomplished what seemed impossible. Now that the project is complete, it is time for me to focus on my family and look ahead to new pursuits. I am forever grateful to MD for his unwavering support and friendship. I wish, I wish him and the Raider family the best. I will always feel a part of the team because everyone knows, once a Raider, always a Raider. Short, sweet, to the point. Mark Bedane, his statement right there. So there you go, Raider Nation. You know, and I had a tweet. Someone tweeted at me and said, you know, Mark Bedane is, he was only there for the, the stadium. Now that it's done, he doesn't have anything to do. So that's why, he, and I said, well, you know, I think Mark Bedane was a little bit more important than that. He was in the organization 30 years. I think it was a little bit more important than just the stadium, but I get it. I get it. The stadium was, you know, his baby. Like Ed Graney hit me and said, hey, without Bedane, the stadium's not here. Straight up. And, and I could agree with that 100%. So big news, big day. Less than 10 days away from the opening of training camp, and Mark Bedane is out. So just wanted to pass along that statement from the former president of the Raiders. Now, I mentioned, and we talked, uh, you heard the conversation with Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and we were talking about mental health and how important that is. Well, on Saturday, I had an opportunity as I was at a coach's clinic going on at uh, Liberty High School in Henderson to hear a nice conversation, a nice breakdown about mental health from uh, Dr. Tony Komochi uh, from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He was there. The Raiders uh, organization as a whole helped put this thing together. A lot of coaches from across the area were there. It was great to see them. I talked to a few afterwards, and they are very appreciative of the opportunity. I went into one of the defensive line um, little sessions that they had, had a little breakout session. They had offense, defense. I'm a defensive guy. You know, DBs win games in my book. But I went into the defensive line. I wanted to I wanted to see about the defensive line. I wanted to hear about that. Great conversation. Great conversation. So lots of good stuff went on at Liberty High School on Saturday morning, bright and early. But afterwards, I had an opportunity, about four or five minutes, to catch up with Dr. Tony Komochi, talking all things mental health. Here at Liberty High School right now, a coach's clinic going on. The Raiders helped put this on. And I'm here with uh, Dr. Tony Komochi. And you just put on a nice little presentation about mental health. A lot of mental health awareness has all of a sudden kind of come to the forefront. And it's been around for a long time, but it's really being talked about a lot. How critical and important is it for you to get out here and be involved in these coaches' clinics and talk about mental health? Well, I believe it's really essential uh, for not just coaches, but all of us to be aware of uh, youth athletes' mental health needs um, because we tend to assume that athletes are just tough and capable, right? And that makes it impossible for athletes to say otherwise, and we d d that tends to trap them in a cage. Um, we need to stop doing that. We need to allow them to be a human so that we can uh, learn how to support them, help them. Yeah. And, you know, following the presentation, you had a lot of coaches come up to you and, and say thank you for that. With your presentations that you do, wherever you go and do these presentations and kind of tap into to that conversation with these coaches, how much do you feel like they're able to take that, that knowledge and go back and, and, and use it with their players? Yeah, I feel really hopeful, um, and I really, you know, uh, I, you know, you said that they came to thank me, but in my mind, I want to thank them. Right. Uh, the fact that they even show up to a presentation like this says a lot, right? That things are changing. Uh, back in my day, I don't think my coach would have <laughs> ever even cared. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that combined with the fact that you know, with uh, uh, professional athletes that I work with, uh, their coaches are also mindful. So I feel encouraged that coaches are more uh, mindful of mental health. 
Yeah. How, how important is it that the Raiders are also helping putting on this platform to allow, you know, or to, to make coaches want to come and be involved in it? Does that kind of open up the, the door and, and bring more people here so you can give this presentation? Definitely. Um, you know, I think sometimes it takes a big leader to make a change, right? Um, uh, some of us just working individually can achieve uh, only so little change. But if an organization like Raiders can make this happen, uh, it combines our strengths together to make a greater societal change. So I'm really grateful for Raiders. And if you're just a, a normal guy, like a dude like me, and you're kind of seeing people and say, you know, this guy may have something, he may be dealing with something, a little mental health type situation. What would you encourage someone just like me to do or maybe a sign that I could see and, and try to reach out and help? Yeah, um, I would say try to uh, just have a conversation without putting the person on the spot. Sometimes we start the conversation by saying, hey, what's wrong? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't want to do that. Uh, just uh, ask them, like, how are things? And then also help them feel seen, uh, literally. Hey, you look kind of down. Or I noticed that, you know, you keep looking down or your eyes are te teary. Uh, what's going on? So invite them. Uh, because otherwise, if we start with um, almost like an interrogation, uh, yeah, the defense yeah, yeah. mechanism goes up and right. they don't want to talk, right? So, but if you help them feel like, oh, wow, this, this person in front of me sees me, notices me, right? right. It makes you want to open up. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, well, uh, doctor, I almost called you coach. It, it feels like, you know, because we're at a coach's clinic, it's almost <laughs> like a coach. But, uh, doctor, we really appreciate the time, and I uh, think the presentation was great. And I, I did see a lot of coaches really kind of soak it in and, and appreciate it as well. And I think that they'll really be able to help. And, and, and to get the youth early, that, that's what's so important is being able to get them early because it could get to a point, we see it in professional football all the time, sometimes it's just a little too late. Yep, exactly. Um, and I can't uh, remember the exact number, but recently I read a study done on uh, NFL players, uh, suicide rates. Um, I think if I'm not wrong, uh, uh, it was like 20 to... Uh, too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah, right. And, Simple as that. Yep. And people don't realize that um, athletes are actually um, feeling suicidal right. uh, because it doesn't uh, come to the front, right, right? right? Or they do that after they retire because when they retire, they don't know what to do with themselves right. without any, you know, psychological. So what do I do now? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm glad again that, like you said, that we, we can help uh, children learn these things sooner before things get so bad. So there he is right there, Dr. Tony Komochi, Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center doctor. Uh, you know, they're talking all things uh, mental health. Uh, he's a really good psychologist. And again, that, that conversation, we were in a session probably about 45 minutes long, and he was answering questions and explaining things and going through a slideshow and very, very informative. I'm not a coach, but it was very, very informative. And I, I was very appreciative of the conversation uh, as well. So uh, many thanks to Dr. Tony Komochi for uh, giving me a few minutes of his time on Saturday afternoon. And hopefully you were able to take something away from that as well and enjoy it and understand that mental health is a real thing for everybody, not just athletes, not just normal people, not just, I mean, just for everybody. Everybody can be affected by mental health. So uh, many thanks to him for giving me that time. Now, before we take a break, I want to throw it out there. 702-365-9200. I want to throw that number out there. Again, put it in your ear hole. 702-365-9200. Raider Nation listener line. Caller number nine is what I'm looking for right now. At that number I just gave you. You want to go to the battle for Vegas. You want to see Team Marcus Allen go up against Team Riley Smith. The Raiders versus the Golden Knights. Softball charity event going on Saturday, the Las Vegas ballpark, caller number nine. Not only do I need caller number nine, but I want to hear your answer of who you think 
will be the winners of the game and who's going to be the MVP of that game. 702-365-9200, caller number nine with the MVP and the winner of the game is going to take a home a pair of tickets to the Battle for Vegas right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's the way to fire it up. There you go, Demon. You're on your A game now. Raider Nation Radio 920 In the Huddle. Demon Cotton running the mothership behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q filling in for Vinny Bonsignor, who's vacationing this week. And before we took a break, throughout the number, 702-365-9200, we'd like to call that the Raider Nation listener line. Looking for caller number nine to win these tickets for Battle for Vegas charity softball event going on Saturday, Las Vegas Ballpark. You heard from Marcus Allen, who's team captain for the Raiders. Heard from him earlier in the show. Riley Smith, team captain for the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm looking for caller number nine right now. And not only am I looking for caller number nine, I'm looking for who's going to win the game. I have a feeling you're going to hear Raiders. But I also want to know who do you think is going to be the league, the league, the game MVP? 702-365-9200. Who is this on the Raider Nation phone line? What happened? Where'd he go? He dropped already. How'd he drop? Yeah, I told him. He said, you know, he said, thank you. How did I make that whole buildup and you didn't warn me before? You didn't see, you didn't see the smile on my face. Hold on, hold on. I think we got him back. I think he's, I think he's listening. He heard his mistake. I don't know if it's his mistake or yours. And how, how am I going to, how are you going to smile? You should have been like terrified. You should have been worried. Like I'm about to mess up Q's big moment here. How is that going to be something to smile about, Damon? Oh man, I'm going to have to learn this guy. This guy don't know where I'm from. <laughs> you have to learn. Now you you trying to hustle through the phones and find the guy. <laughs> oh. I know that Demond's not. This is not his first day. I know it's not his first day. We got a Brian and Henderson on the line. <laughs> Brian, are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Well. You were calling number nine, and then you dropped off, and DeMond smiled. Can you imagine DeMond smiling, knowing that I'm going to be a little upset when I go to you and you're not there? Q, that is all on DeMond. <laughs> man, not even going to cover. Be like, oh, man, you could have been like, yeah, I had, to get din- I had to get to dinner real quick. I just wanted to be calling number nine and, you know, get to my get to dinner. You could, couldn't help me out a little bit? No, I got you, DeMond. <laughs> all right, well, let's well, well, Oh, man, Brian, yeah, yeah. Well, glad Brian, we got you. I'm glad you're on the phone now. We're going to have to learn, DeMond, about this uh, interaction in this radio thing that we call getting a winner here. But uh, congratulations on being caller number nine. You're going to get a pair of tickets. Now, I do want to know, though, who do you think is going to win the game on Saturday and who do you think is going to be the game MVP? Of course, the Raiders. Um, And I think it's going to be Darren Waller because he is an athlete all around, not just a great tight end, but he also is a basketball player. So uh, I just think he's just athletic all around, Darren Waller. There you go. There, you, I like that one. Damon, write that down. Write that down. Darren Waller, MVP of the game. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, thank you so much. Uh, it's good to hear from you, my man. We've got to catch up soon. I definitely appreciate you chiming in on the show. Uh, appreciate you being a winner. And like I said, we'll catch up soon, my man. Appreciate you. All right, there he goes, Brian. Now he can hang up, Damon. That's how contests work. No, man, I'm telling you, man. That's how contests work. Here's, now. here's what happened. He said, two tickets? I said, yep. Didn't hear a word. 
Boom. It was like, bam, gone. Okay, see, so let me let me learn you live on he, the radio. He's, go, he's gone now, so he can't defend himself. So no, no, what, I, what I say I'm is right. Not, it's not about him. This is about you. I said don't go anywhere. First of all, this is how contests work. When we ask for a caller, we want to actually hear from the caller. So you have to make sure they stay on the phone line. Eh, debatable. No, it's not. It's, it's really not. <laughs> you you might think in your world it sounds like it's debatable. It's not. It's a it's it's a requirement. How am I going to come back on the radio and say, "Well, thank you everyone who called. Brian won. Brian told us off air that Darren Waller Shady was going to be the MVP." And be like, yeah, "Thanks, Brian. You know what? Good." Unbelievable. For the exclusive. Yeah. A podcast exclusive. Yeah, exactly. Hear more from Brian and Henderson. Unbelievable. Well, shout out to Brian and Henderson. We definitely appreciate him uh, calling in and uh, and being caller number nine and pick Darren Waller to be the MVP of the Battle for Vegas charity softball game at Las Vegas Ballpark on Saturday. Team Riley Smith battles Team Marcus Allen for charity. For charity, of course, this Saturday. Uh, tickets are courtesy of Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, Finley Volvo in Las Vegas. Celebrity Home Run Derby, 6.30. First pitch, 7.30. Great family event under the lights at Las Vegas Ballpark. Tickets at Ticketmaster, and I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't think the wife knows, but it's going to be a family affair for uh, Q and his family. We are all going to be in attendance on Saturday, so I'm just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there, you know? I went to the Aviators game, and I didn't take the wife. I didn't take the daughter, and I thought, oh, you weren't going to have a good time at the baseball game. And once I got there and realized how awesome that, that, that ballpark is, I realized, you know what? I probably should have took them. My bad. Man, look at you just holding out for yourself. Well, I mean, I was, I was working, Demond. No, I wasn't. all working. I was. Enjoying the sights, you know, being probably getting the MVP treatment. No, no, I was in the press box. I just walked around the stadium. Look, this is the thing, man. What you'll learn about me is I am a worker bee. You know, there's 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 worker bees and then there's the queen bee. I ain't the queen bee. I ain't even the king bee. I am a worker bee. So when I think that there's something to be done, I'm going to go do it. So covering the aviators as we run their games here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Matter of fact, it's a good segue. First pitch for tonight's game is what? 705, right? That's right. That's right. See? See how I put that together? It all came together like butt cheeks, man. It's all came together. <laughs> I mean, good save. I mean, let's talk. You, so you're taking the family. Yeah, I'm going to take the family on Saturday. I think they'll have a good time, you know? All right, so you said that was that's three tickets. I, I also don't have plans on Saturday. Where's my ticket? Aren't you you're not going to be in the studio? Are you going to be in the press box covering the game? What are you going to do? <laughs> whatever whatever gets me there. Well, you, you I'll can, cover. I'll be there as a fan. Just get me in. Well, we can make that happen, but you've got to be proactive, not reactive. you got to be proactive. Like, if there's an Aviators game, say, Q. I want to go cover this game today. Then, boom, we'll make it happen. We'll, we'll hit up Jim. We'll get you a credential, and you'll be good to go. That's all, all I right. do. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it now. Hey, look, I'll tell you, man. We own it. I always tell the wife. I tell her all the time, with whatever subject it is, if I got to wash my car, I always say, it ain't going to wash itself. I got to go do it. If I got to do an interview, I say, he ain't going to interview himself. He ain't going to you know, write this promo itself. I can't produce this promo. It ain't going to produce itself. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I say. So if you want to go cover the Aviators game, it ain't going to cover itself. Demond, you got to go do it. I'm about being about that life. Go do it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Oh, man. You've been in radio for a long time. That sounds like such an old radio tagline right there. And I'm still in radio, though. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still here, brother. 
Oh man, I'm but, trying man, to keep you. I'm trying to keep you relevant, man. man back in Memphis, like um, the hip hop station K97. I remember this as a kid. To be like, don't be the one talking about it. No, don't be the one hearing about it. Be the one talking about it. Telling you, and, man. I, and I'll just remember that to the day. Like, man, hey, I gotta man. go to these events. I'm gonna tell you, man, because I don't want to be the one hearing about it. I want to be the one talking about it. You want to be the one covering it. You want to be the one at the event. You want to be the one that's part of the event. You want to do all of that, man. You you never want to say. Or they can never say, oh, DeMond's working too hard. If they ever say you're working too hard, that's on them, not on you. I'm telling you, that's, a, that's an old wise man tale, all right? Stick with me, DeMond. You'll be all right. So thank you to uh, Marcus Allen. <laughs> Big time. Thank you for Marcus Allen for joining the show. Talk about the event. Thank you to Brian for winning tickets to go to the event on Saturday. Many thanks to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal who joined us earlier on the show, talked about the Olympics. Both men and women's decided things as far as basketball is concerned. Also talked about Mark Bedane stepping down. That was a, a big deal as well. Uh, many thanks to Dr. Tony Komochi for joining the show. And uh, I know I interviewed him on Saturday, but still uh, thank him for his time on Saturday to talk about mental health and, and awareness. And uh, yeah, thank you to Raider Nation for all the calls, all the texts, all the feedback on today's show. We'll be back in the huddle tomorrow afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Is it 4 to 6 p.m.? No, it's yeah, it is 4 to 6 tomorrow. Yeah, 4 to 6 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. Of course, uh, join Pritch and Clay in the morning. Wake up with them. And I believe it'll be Clay and Heidi Fang. She'll be stepping in and uh, she'll be joining the show. So make sure you wake up with them in the morning. And uh, JT, I think he's doing the best of one more day. And then I'll be back 4 to 6 p.m. holding it down for Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle. So thank you, Raider Nation. Have a great evening. And uh, Aviator Baseball will be on this radio station in about an hour, about an hour and five minutes. Good night. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.